Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Terror Talk. This is Shannon and Kathy. Happy New Year. Yes. Happy it's New 2020. Year. Beginning of a decade, end of a decade. Where did the last two go? I, it's like, I felt like it was just Y2K. <laughs> I do not. I feel like it's been a long 20 years. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I understand. It's always interesting to like reflect and think, where did it go? How did Y2K actually does feel like ages ago. Y2K feels like a long time but ago. But 2010 doesn't. 2010 doesn't feel like a decade ago necessarily, no. except when I look at movies and such. Today on the show, we're doing our top villains, either real or imagined, um, of all time, I guess. I don't know about you, but when I got into, okay, I got to pick my 10. and So it's really hard. It's hard because there are so many good ones. And it's also... I thought, oh God, I could do top 10 for this year. Yeah. You know, not just top 10 for ever. I, I had to be a little creative just because you can you can go off in so many directions with what qualifies yeah. as a villain too. Yes. I had to re rein it in. So what we're hoping, <laughs> I had to rein it Shannon in. Shannon was out of control. <laughs> I texted Kathy at one point and I was like, there's too many. She's I like, I think I'm going to do it this way because I'm like, it's, it's okay. I'm still thinking on mine. Just <laughs> calm down. She tells me to calm down. I do quite a bit. Because that, and I, and, he, that really Here's works. what's ironic about that is I'm usually the one that really needs to be calmed down. <laughs> so maybe it's a coping strategy <laughs> on is. your part to be calm like. Calm down. It's when I start to get anxious from you, I yell at you. And, and I'm just looking at you like, I'm calm. I'm totally calm. I feel calm. Yeah. I don't know. But I'll, I'll calm down. Don't tell me I'm not calm. I haven't. <laughs> That's like when your partner says, relax, because we know we love that. that calm, calm down's yeah. right up there with yeah. it. <laughs> relax always. When someone says, oh, just relax, when has that ever helped? Never. No, never. That's why there's memes about it all over yeah. the place. Like, no. Just, I just need you to relax. In the history of people, has that <laughs> has that ever worked? <laughs> like, relax. Oh, yes, I'm feeling good now. Right, Thank and you. even that Thanks word makes me tense. <laughs> Relax. Okay, I feel worse. Yeah, she looks worse already. Face all screwed up. <laughs> well, that's just inherited. Oh, stop yeah. It. <laughs> so today, top villains <clears throat> as our wrap up show. We did, you know, end of the year, beginning of a new year. Make it a little light. We've had some heavy shit. Well, and we talk about a lot of bad guys on this show. We do both uh, real life bad guy psychological retrospectives and. Um, fictional, imaginal bad guys in the psych movies that yeah. we talk about. So, and books and whatever else, TV, etc. So let's get into it. Uh, I think we categorized ours a little differently, right? So let's explain kind of... I think it actually explains our psyche because mine's completely scattered and yours <laughs> is totally organized. Relax. I was like, wait, no, now him. Now totally different era. Now her. <laughs> I, I was all over. I, I, it took me three days to put my list together mm -hmm. because I was so ADD about it. I'm like, wait a minute. What about? Yeah. And then having to like nail it down. I went back and watched even some YouTube clips on some of the movies about the characters. To I remind wrote, yourself. To remind myself like why this yes. character. So I'm, I'm a little bit like in life, a little bit all over the place. <laughs> And yours is probably much more. No, I don't know. So, so that's <laughs> Kathy's psyche. We'll just end it there. And good night. Scattered. No. <laughs> and no. messed up. No. Um, and so the way I kind of organized mine is twofold, which you, what you would probably want to know is that I did do a top 10 list, but they aren't in necessarily a particular order of love. So. Yeah, mine isn't. What they are, either. though, is. Um, I saw a couple of YouTube videos that I thought were really successful. And so I kind of ripped that off and skewed it to what I wanted, which was I was really overwhelmed by all of the great bad guys because I was like, there's movies, there's TV, there's books, there's history. real life, there's mm -hmm. history, there's all of this. And I, I just got very quickly like, we could do 12 episodes on yeah. all the bad guys and every year and all of that. So what I did was, though, is I categorized them into the type of bad guy. Mm. And I was hoping that maybe that would also spawn conversation about 
uh, the psychology behind that type of bad mm-hmm. guy. You know, just briefly. We're not going to be here for I 12 cert- hours. Yeah, but- I certainly have some psychological profiles around yeah. some of these guys. Yeah. I just don't know if I have a a well, an organization. Well, around. maybe they'll fit into what I'm, you know. That's true. We'll go for it. Why don't we figure it out? <laughs> We're going to figure it out. And the other thing you probably need to know, which is typical of me as well, is I didn't need to nail myself down about it. Is It's like I got a category and then I have like my favorite, I think, in, in that, that category. category. But there's other like really top contenders with that. And so, all right, you know, I'm not going to go too crazy because I could, yeah, I could go crazy. Do you want right. to start? Sure. So I thought I would start with um, the f- the category that it would be is like pure evil. Ah. So some bad guys in the movies in particular are portrayed as <clears throat> pure evil, which mm-hmm. we've talked about a lot of like not really in life do you get something that's pure evil. A lot of people like to talk about, you know, the Ted Bundys of the world, et cetera, that, as evil. Mm-hmm. But- as we have broken down in many episodes now over the course of a year and a half or whatever, is that there's more to it than that. And so this category I would say is pure evil. And so that's like the devil in the, in the exorcist, Ah. which is kind of where I went with that. Got it. Because the exorcist is like an OG horror film for me. I almost chose that, but it's not on my list. Ironically. Yeah. So that's my first one. And I guess, you know, for, I, there are so many people to choose from in that. Like Damien from The Omen would also yeah. be. Uh, so it's it's possession. So that's so okay. the, the tropes that are there. I think in Pure Evil are like the possession movies. Um, one from this year that I could talk about, uh, which um, I might talk about a little bit more on the Shrink Chat show, is the Netflix show Marianne. Okay. Or oh yeah, Marianne. You, yeah. You t- <laughs> don't do that again. Fra- sorry. You've <laughs> You didn't like that? I give a little like flourish with my yeah. No one saw your hand, thank God. Um, (laughs) Uh, Marianne on Netflix, which is a French uh, series. Season one is out this year, and you told me I need to watch that. I need to watch. It's a possession thing. Yeah. Okay. It's. I'll talk more about it on the Shrink Chat show, but I would choose the the Devil and the Exorcist or Regan. Yeah. Um, Regan. Um. Because of the OG thing for me, like mm-hmm. early, early on- onset <laughs> horror. Okay. Me. So that's a good one. I, I almost picked her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like we were saying, there's so many here that I was trying to be. So many. So I, this was not the, the one I was going to start with. But since we started with pure evil, sure. I'm going to jump in and actually use someone from history. Um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of H.H. Holmes before? Mm-hmm. Okay. H.H. Holmes. I wrote, I read a book. Um gosh, it's probably been about eight years, called The Devil in the White City. Um, And it's an Eric Larson book that's loosely based on H.H. Holmes, so otherwise known as Herman Webster Mudgett um, or Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. He renamed himself and actually adopted the last name Holmes after Sherlock Holmes, kind of gave himself that last name. Mm -hmm. He's actually known as America's first serial killer. Um, he confessed to 27 murders, only nine were actually plausible, but, um, there's a lot of different theories around how many people he actually killed. I think some believe it was upwards of like 200. Mm. This guy was pure evil. If we're looking, if we're talking about it in the context, clearly we know there's really no such thing as that, but, um, in the movies, I think there is. Yeah. In the movies for sure. But I think if we're looking at it in, in lame, the way that maybe in a layman's way that people would look at this guy. Mm -hmm. So he was said to, um, use a lot of torture Mm. Um, what he ended up doing is he moved to Chicago close to the 1893's world fair. So this is, I mean, this is that long ago, 1893. And he was known as a psychopathic doctor, pharmacist, and a serial killer who relocated to, to Chicago. Um, and he ended up really using various torture devices to kill uh, his victims. And he would select them. What he did is he had uh, three different um, builders come out and construct this hotel that was known as the, I think it was called like the murder motel or something like that, that it was staged on the outside for people to stay. But when people would stay there, that's how he would find his victims. That's the basis for that American Horror Story series. Uh, hotel hotel yes yeah. exactly and I, and i'm not sure if 
is that who um, Evan Peters is supposed to play in Maybe. the movie? I think loosely. I based think so. On him. Yeah, when they get to the scenes around the table, and he's like, yeah, cutting, yeah. So he utilized torture chambers, acid vats, greased. Um, shoots and gassing rooms yeah they do all that in that that season yeah Mm -hmm. so he would rent these rooms out to unsuspected victims so um just sort of break down his psychological profile a little bit he was bullied as a kid um he he would um he was married to three women at the same time so when we think about sociopaths and the you know the the fake identities much easier to get away with that than oh my gosh and i'm thinking about this as i'm reading him like there's no way when i read (laughs) devil in the white cities something like that could could happen um yeah some believe he close killed close to 200 people he changed his name um, he sold skeletons of his victims to science. I mean, this guy was really flipping sick, but he's very, if you guys want to read a really great book, um, I really recommend devil in the white city, but he's Eric a great Larson. writer. Eric yeah, Larson. he is. And this book was great. So he, um, he's my number one, nice. not my number one, but he's my number one on the, the first one you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, fair. Uh, my, so the next category, uh, that I, that I, grabbed off of YouTube, obviously, from a bunch of different lists I looked at, is um, classics. Okay. So classics would be, you know, the Michael Myers, the, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are a little bit older and they've become like cultural classics. Okay. You you could even do Universal Monsters, et cetera, if those were scary to you. Um, And so mine would actually be uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser. I knew you were going to pick yeah. him. and I, I, I'm yeah. pretty predictable. Yeah. Well, that that's your guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my guy. That was also, that was, um, so The Exorcist would have been, you know, a too young movie that I, when I mm-hmm. watched it when I was too young. And so that's how it imprinted on me. But Hellraiser was more like young adult. Uh, I watched it like probably in my 20s and- it scared the crap out of me. Hellraiser was scary. And, you know, watching it recently, um, as we did, I think we watched it for an episode or something yeah. last year. Um, I watched the first two. Right. We were we were watching those. And uh, so I'm watching it now. I hadn't watched it in a long time. And, of course, it's dated and all of that. But the, the psych in Hellraiser is really cool like some of his lines are really epic and deep and interesting like Mm -hmm. um and i wasn't getting any of that when i was in my 20s i was just freaked out because there's like a gooey guy in the (laughs) the gooey you know how he oh hellraiser how he rips people apart and that was a whole thing and all those gross friends of his <laughs> well in the second hellraiser too i think what's scary is when they show them all before they become yeah you know possessed yeah and their humanity and down in that chamber and then how pinhead is created it's it's really like i know it may for a lot of people or maybe millennials or whatever who watch different kind of horror now mm-hmm. it may not stand but i think when when you go back to that time and so much was around like the extras, all the, the purely mm-hmm. evil stuff you're talking about, it was terrifying. And I know a lot of people just don't believe in that stuff anymore and they're not done as much. Um, well, and it's, it was 1987, right? Yeah. But it was Clive Barker. Yeah. So, Candyman, the original Candyman. Right. And the interesting thing I think too about um, Hellraiser is there's a sadism. There's a yes. sexual sadism to it. Yep. Um, there's a sadistic torturing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, of course, you know, there was a lot of movies with the gore, you know, the slasher This was like the stuff. sex and violence together. This was more sex and violence because yeah. even in the characters that aren't uh, in their, their version of the Upside Down, <laughs> um, the alternate world that's happening there, even when they're passing through those characters it's sexual and i think i feel like there was a lot more of that in the 70s and 80s you mean using sex sex and violence together the torture sort of yeah and the box that we're all really so familiar with and i even saw actually i saw on twitter a couple of weeks ago that there's some there was somebody who posted like what are your favorite you know, horror guests for the holidays, like what are you hoping to get? And so people were putting down all kinds of things they wanted to get. And one of them, of course, was a box, um, mm. you know, the the Chinese puzzle box. Yeah, you from can buy that. Hell's mm-hmm. Raiser, Hellraiser. And they and they have it for different things. You know, they have it for like tissue. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy it all different ways. But he originally buys the thing in a sex shop. 
Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's got all kinds of yeah. adult That's situations. That's a good one. I knew, I knew that I was waiting. It would on be that on one. there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll stick with the same in the same um, okay. family. Um, I, a movie I saw way too young mm. and really scared the living daylights out of me is Leatherface mm. from Texas Chainsaw. So, oh my God. So this guy, totally. I think there, so there's a number of things about him. So his real name, Jedediah Sawyer, that's actually his name. Like and the they call it his, his character's name. <laughs> so he, you know, for those of you, if you haven't seen, he wears a mask of human skin. He engages in murder and cannibalism, but here's the thing. And, and he's also influenced by the, the real serial killer ed gain mm-hmm. who wore a flesh mask um he's scary to me because there's nothing supernatural about him he's a he's a low iq mm-hmm. learning disordered probably inbred with a chainsaw mm-hmm. and no impulse control right and and so all id right it's like all, all that's what i literally have that here driven <laughs> nice. by pure nice. primitive impulses yeah. and not only that he lives a life of solitude which is just cre- it's like the movie the people under the stairs like you mm-hmm. know anytime they're like away uh, he feels like heading out into daylight i mean this is not happening at night you know he's heading out into daylight hitchhikers which was big in the 70s um, he drags his victims into basements. And um, if you are a child of the eighties, the basement was known to be like just the scariest shit, especially mm-hmm. if you grew up in the Midwest um, and causing them to suffer. So there's this torment. And also there's a lot of sexual sadism in this as well. Yep. What makes him unusual compared to a lot of the slasher guys is Sorry. his <laughs> primitive, primitive, unsophisticated maniacal tendencies. So he's very primitive he he really lacks power. He's driven by his family. Mm-hmm. His family sort of owns him, um, and he's a mute. Yeah, you know. And here, I was looking at something really um, interesting too. Is he was he wore a suit, and the way that they had sort of broken this down psychologically on the site that I was looking at was a couple different things. He wore a suit, but he covered his face almost like he did have some sort of. Uh, pride about himself, but then shamed by what who he actually was and therefore covered his face. And then the other um, interpretation of that was wearing the suit was sort of reflecting to the people that he was killing that he was um, taking, a, you know, something from them and that he was sort of like a mirror to them. Huh. Um, but he was a hoarder, he was filthy, and he was a collector of different sorts, including human faces. faces. So he was... Terrifying. I still think he's terrifying. He's very terrifying. Um, it, yeah. I mean, I I think we've done had conversations before where it's like the most terrifying movies ever, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is <sighs> up there for me. I mean, I realize it's like 1974 or whatever, but it holds up. And they've done some remakes and things, but and again, the 70s and 80s were big. You, people don't really hitchhike anymore. Uh uh-uh. uh it, It's very culturally like American. No cell phones of that time. Yeah, there wasn't any way to get help no. so they i think in the remakes they you know there's a cell phone thing and whatever probably because all they have to do is make him so remote that you don't have cell phone cell phone service and then yeah and then you're done with that yeah <laughs> particular thing um I, it's interesting because i think he could fit into sort of this next kind of category okay. that um uh the relentless killer oh right so yeah. And again, I will say this only one more time that I did get these categories from a couple of YouTube videos that I watched there. I didn't come up with them myself, Um, but they fit totally. They helped me organize because there's so many. So relentless, the relent, you know, and you know, it's like, yeah, there are contemporary ones uh, and like the one I'm about to say, which I guess my favorite This was a hard one because the relentless ones are great. They're the, you know, the Michael Myers, and those are the classic ones where they don't die, mm-hmm. right? And then the, and then there's like T, T100 or whatever it is from Terminator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the relentlessness of not being able to, like they don't stop. Yeah, and they never and you will can't stop. kill them. Yeah, you yeah. can't kill them and they don't stop and you can barely hurt them. You can slow them down. So, but my favorite would probably be Agent Smith from The Matrix. Oh, that's a great one. That's, that's my pull in okay. that, in that area. Because right. um, Agent Smith, 
it was amazing. I remember seeing The Matrix in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember it too. Yeah. I remember where I was. I remember who I was with. Mm-hmm. I was actually with some people that um, uh, I had helped produce a short film that got into some festivals. And then the executive producer of that short film was kind enough to pay our way, uh, me and my co-producer, to go to some of the festivals mm-hmm. that it got into. And that was amazing. And I was w- at one of those and we decided to like blow off something and go to the movies and we went and saw the matrix and I came out of it. Th- so I was in sort of that filmmaking mm-hmm. headset thing, mm-hmm. you know, my, my mindset. And, uh, I came out of that movie theater one wanting to wear a lot of spandex and like vinyl, <laughs> like the girl in the movie, yeah. like the woman in the movie, I yeah. should say. Um, Carrie, what's her face? Yeah. And I wanted to be a badass. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. It's a so good Agent, one. but speaking of Agent Smith, I thought he was an amazingly relentless bad guy. He was. He was. Yeah. All right. Um so I'm going to go off in a different Yep. Catherine Tremell or Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Oh, so that's a good one. So so many reasons why I loved her and was terrified by her. Do tell. So if you don't know the story, you know, she's she plays this writer who is ends up being a suspect um, for a murder, and she starts to date the detective who's played by Michael Douglas. She is our female narcissist. She is hiding in plain sight. She's a sociopath, mm-hmm. but she's a narcissist. Um, she's so dangerous because of her sex appeal and her psychopathy. So like I was, I remember being young and just being so drawn in and attracted and like, I like completely yeah. caught in her web and didn't care. Yeah. And um, enjoyed the hell out of it. Enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> and she, she's scary because of her beauty. She can deter you away from anything from, from the clues of the murder. Mm-hmm. And in some sick way, kind of makes you feel lucky if you're her victim. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you just, she's deigned to make you, Oh my God. I mean, she really is like a, like a, um, and she doesn't ap- apologize for who she is. You know, there, it, there's, right. um, something about her. I just remember going, Oh my God, I'm, I get why he can't stop. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the, uh, Glenn Close and fatal attraction and I, I you know, it's like the yeah. same, the same kind of, era i think same era she i wasn't drawn to her i was terrified by her no no but, and, there, and there's a different psychology there at play yeah you've got psychopath narcissist borderline. yeah yeah and then you've got mentally ill so it's you know mentally well, ill in a in a sad sort of pathetic kind of needy way right while we're, while we're on that i'll just go again and then okay. you can do too because i have her on here as oh, well okay um, so she plays Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction, and she's more on that like borderline sociopath. Mm-hmm. And um, she, I remember being incredibly terrified when I saw Fatal Attraction, just yeah. because one, when she boils the bunny on the stove. Oh my god! And the way that she um, that was pretty, know, kind of revolutionary at the time. It really was. Now we see animals die all the time in movies, but. She well she and she takes the daughter's pet rabbit. It's the daughter's pet his daughter's pet rabbit. Again, Michael Douglas. He's he's always the victim of these <laughs> women. Crazy um, lady. Yeah. So and then she kidnaps the daughter later, but this is much more of a borderline presentation. Like yeah. I, I I'm not going to be ignored is the main it's one of the biggest quotes from the And movie. you're not gonna abandon me. And you're not gonna abandon me versus Sharon Stone, who's like, Go ahead and try to leave me. Yeah. You can't. It's very different. Um, Here's my private parts. You know, and Glenn Close is scary in this because she's such a believable character. Um, Yeah, I think that's maybe part of it, too, is that we sort of we see ourselves and our partners and our ex-partners in it a little bit. Like maybe we weren't stalked or, you know, there wasn't a crazy person about it. But it's like we can all kind of imagine getting ourselves into a situation like that. Well, yeah, I mean, she personifies like the the, the essence of a malignant personality disorder. So Mm -hmm. when we're thinking of, well, what would that look like? It would look like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I love that. Like there are representations of mental illness in every film, really. Yeah. (laughs) In some ways, mental health, mental illness, what have you. That's a, it's a great... um, Borderline, but it's also like obsessive compulsive. It's got all of those. Yep. And it's pernicious. Like it's very slow the way that she 
builds up this. Um, well, that's what seduction. they want, right? They yeah. want us to think she's normal and charming and, 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 and the cute victim, and, and to a certain yeah, because you know he's he's now going. I'm sorry, I can't. And she's like, yeah. "How dare?" Yeah. Well, it's like a one night stand. So mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people in the world have had a one night stand. Yep. And then this is the one, obviously, that goes wrong. Whoops. And so yeah. that's another thing that, like, it's yeah. relate. There's a lot of relatability in that. Yeah. You know, just wanting to have fun and all of that. And then someone gets on the crazy train. So these two ladies. Okay. Yeah. Got some ladies. Yeah. I, uh, what's the next? Oh, so. So the, there's a thought process around characters that we hate or love to hate i guess um my mine would be so the next one i have is nurse ratchet from That's one a good flew one. over the cuckoo's nest mm-hmm. because although it wasn't my time period necessarily for watching movies i just remember so i loved jack nicholson mm-hmm. and so i loved and i had early fascination with uh the mentally ill mm-hmm. so I watched that movie and Nurse Ratchet is so, again, I think it's like relatable, a nurse who can have power over you and it's a mental hospital and you have such, you have a lot of empathy for all of the characters Mm -hmm. in this mental hospital, Jack Nicholson being one of them. And they're all, it's interesting because I love that movie because you get in there, you get to know these characters and at first some of them seem relatively normal sort of kind of like there's, and then you see the like slow insight into how crazy they all are. Mm -hmm. Um, and also a little bit how crazy nurse ratchet can be, you know, and, and she was frightening. She was frightening and she was sadistic and she had that flat affect. Um, let's just say she didn't meet the standards of care. No. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of mine. And then, um, I guess I would choose like a character that terrorizes is a little bit. And I would maybe put Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy in there, Leatherface. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of places we could put a lot of these. Yeah. But I think that I think I'm going to go with this is difficult to because I had a little bit of a war with myself because I could go with someone like Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I love that movie. I love that book. Obviously, mm-hmm. that character was very popular, and mm-hmm. Anthony was amazing. And or I could go with someone like J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Mm. So it's like Ooh. the bad guy that terrorizes the teacher that terrorizes. Yeah. That we can we may not have always had a ter- teacher that terrorizes, but but, but the bully, the, the bully, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where I kind of that's a good went. one. I tried. Um, <laughs> I think for me, if we stay on that train, yeah, I'm going to go with the killer clown. Ah. So <laughs> I have one real and one fake. So right. Pennywise and mm-hmm. John Wayne Gacy. Okay. So, so Pennywise from it. Pennywise from it. So this is, he's like the stuff nightmares are made of. And I remember watching the old Tim Curry back in the day when I was a kid and mm-hmm. it terrified me. He's just the epitome of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get like a childishness about him mixed with terror, which as a child, as an adult, that's terrifying. As a child, I think that's even more terrifying. Yeah. And I'll never forget how he made me feel mm-hmm. as a child, how terrified I was of like going up into my room after I watched the movie. Yeah. Um, and so I looked at a little bit of the psychology behind it well one uh, here's another thing too before i get into that is he targets the innocence right Mm -hmm. children are innocent and he targets that which is really terrifying so the clown and this can mix in with gacy too because gacy those of you if you're unfamiliar with what he did he raped tortured and murdered 33 teenage boys um i guess the joker fits in this as well but the joker has other stuff going on Mm mm-hmm so you have a disguise mixed with fake emotions, mm. lack of authenticity, authenticity, <laughs> and feigning positive emotions, which is very frightening. Mm. So it's re- very easy to grow suspicion around that sort of 
combination of things and why clowns are so scary. And then I watched a video just on the colors of makeup and how that also, so like red is clearly a powerful color. It evokes a sense of fight or flight. Um, and there's a friendliness mixed with an alarmingness Mm. about them. Mm -hmm. And then the white is very ghostly and it draws attention to the face. So there's so much psychology around clowns. Oh my God. And, and you know, it's one of the, Obviously, in our society, one of the things people are most afraid of. Chlorophobia, chlorophobia, which is the name of the phobia. Do you know what it that Like me- fear of clowns? No, it actually, it's Greek for one who goes on stilts. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Which for us is fear of clowns. It is but, fear of clowns. Yeah, but okay. that Kolro, or yeah, Kolro is mm-hmm. Greek for one who goes on stilts. Which, which I guess back in the day, they maybe did. that's- And sometimes they- well, Universal, they I still know. do. That is the first thing I thought of. So when we went to um when we went to the Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights this year, one of the scariest things that I believe there's a I posted a picture on our Instagram of it, right? Like the Yeah. We, <laughs> they have these She looked like what's her face from the ring? Oh my god. Yeah. What's her face on the ring on stilts running full Samara bore at you? She's got to be on your list. No. She's not on your list. I'm I don't actually think so. Surprised. I mean, she's one of the, you know, there's so many. I know. What to do? I just know you like that movie. Oh, uh, yeah, it's scary. She scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. It's a scary, The uh, it's just scary. Okay. So <laughs> it's all very scary. Yes. So the next thing I would, the next type, I guess I would say is, um, there's this literary concept, the foil character, which is a character who contrasts with another character, usually the protagonist, to highlight qualities of the other character. So they're usually like yin and yang. So it's mm. like the Joker and Batman, mm-hmm. where they it's a shadow, basically. Oh, okay. But in liter in literature, it's called the foil character. Um, and so where they're so Darth Vader and Luke. Um, Luke. Yeah. So those kinds of characters that mirror. Uh, the hero. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's rough again. <laughs> but but I, I would go with the Joker for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I also like Voldemort from mm-hmm. the Harry Potter series, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. think fits that bill. And I also like Hans Gruber from oh, the Die Hard, which I believe one. is also um, Hans and um, whatever the main character's. Bruce Willis? Whatever Bruce Willis's character's name is, which of course right I can't think of in the moment. But yeah. um okay. I, I like those. I, I, I mean, just personally, I, I what I noticed in trying to pick those is there is like a big long list of them that I really liked, you know, like Darth Vader and da 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 because of the shadow thing, I think. You know who who I'll throw in there too is um Gene Hackman in Speed. Oh yeah, Gene Hackman. He was so great. I mean, talk about an honorable mention. I, he's not on my list, no, no, but that yeah. was such a great Keanu Reeves and him in that movie. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he just is. He just plays an asshole really well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. He uh, this his character in uh, the Superman movies. Yeah. Of old. Yeah. The bad guy. Oh, he was good. All right. Lex Luthor. He played Lex Luthor in Superman. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brain, for <laughs> having yes. me remember that. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Who's next? Um or maybe we should take a break. Let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Okay. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with the rest of our list. While we take a break, go follow us on Instagram at Terror Talk Podcast, Twitter at Talk Terror, or on our Facebook page, Halloween All Year Long. If you prefer email, it's terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. So reach out. If you like us, you can help us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page. We upload new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. Keep coming back, but first stick around for more of our show. Hi, everybody. We're back. This is Shannon and Kathy. So I think it's your turn. I'm I'm going to go old school again. All right, then. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yep. I like him for a number of reasons. Well, I don't know if I like him, but I like the idea of the fact that he's somewhat of an of a anomaly. Yeah, pseudo history 
mixed with folklore, mixed with a real person. Mm-hmm. We know very little about him. I feel like he's the reason why we fear the man in the dark alley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his murders were never solved. Mm-hmm. He's somewhat unidentified, even though they've really kind of narrowed it down to one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at, you know, London, 1888. There, there was no, I mean, again, this is someone who could never get away with what he got away with. Mm-hmm. Um, given the name for his surgical cuts, he believed, you know, they believe it to be, um, I think his name is, the prime suspect is Aaron Kosminski. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So his, because his father was in medicine and then he was a barber. So his father worked in a hospital. So this is a guy who clearly knew how to make cuts, mm-hmm. but also had medical knowledge. Um, I don't know. He his whole story just freaks me out. Yeah, it's 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 it, whoops. It's really interesting because I um, so I'll I'll just throw in what I did as my honorable mentions because my honorable mentions were real people. <laughs> like there are only a handful of psychos that I have ever done like a lot of research on prior to the show. And two of them we've already done, which is Charlie Manson and Richard Kuklinski were Mm -hmm. two people I had already done a lot of research on. And Mm -hmm. then for the show obviously did a whole lot more. And Jack the Ripper is the third one that I have had already. I've already done a lot of it. And that at some point, maybe that'll be a series that I do, but like, yeah. I mean, especially if it's this guy, because I, I know that modern day, clinicians would diagnose him with paranoid schizophrenia mm-hmm. because he was he if, if it ends up being this guy he was hearing voices Kosminski, and he was, yeah yeah so he's it's just really fascinating because there's so many different con like it's very controversial as far as like what's true and what's not but i feel like this guy kosminski the most i think we if you look at all of what's there he makes the most sense mm-hmm. and if it is him um I don't know. It's just he, Jack the Ripper's always fascinated me. Always, yes. always fascinated me. And there's so many stories that have come away from this pseudo historical mm-hmm. figure, like Sweeney Todd. Yep. Yeah, a lot of mythology too. So that's cool. my next guy. Right on. Um, yeah, my so I I mentioned my honorable mentions. So you'll do your you can if you have honorable mentions, you can do those at the end because I yeah, threw my I just have two. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, so then my next one would be, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's a cat, so otherworldly or non-human. Okay. Because <laughs> I got to throw my alien in there. I, I was waiting. Yeah. I was it, waiting. It's, it's there, uh, the alien. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the alien from Alien. Yeah, I was waiting on I, that. I, I, I would have been disappointed if that if and I Pinhead throw- were not on your list. <laughs> You'd be like, who are you? And yeah. what have you done? My Shannon, this list was not researched. Right. This was not personally investigated. Right. Yeah, no. Shannon didn't for- do this list. <laughs> you ripped this off. Someone from else did her homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the alien. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go in non-human because there's lots of scary animals in different... Um, yeah, if you know. The first time you see him, he's pretty flippin' terrifying. I I am still terrified by the alien. I know you when are. When I watch that. It's... um. Yeah, scary. That's okay. a good one. So I'm going to stay in that boat okay. with our childhood. Like, if it's not on your list, what's wrong with you? And clearly, <laughs> Michael Myers is on mine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would have been. Silent killer psychopath. Very suspect. Also not complicated. No. Just scary. No. Also id, right? Like, just total id. primitive. And he's just my nostalgic monster. I saw, mm-hmm. I first saw Halloween was when I was like, four I just or five and I remember closing my eyes because my brothers we were in Puerto Rico we were visiting my my cousins my aunts and uncle we were were sitting on the couch my brothers are older they're like nine and ten years older and they were playing it and I just remember you know when you put your hand over your eyes and you like Mm -hmm. open your fingers I do that now and I covered (laughs) my face at the scene where he's killing his sister at the beginning but I I was like probably four or five when I I saw Halloween Kathy and her very early older brothers I know and it's the 80s yeah, I saw all of it. Yeah, and you're anxious. Oh, that's not why I'm anxious. Shock. But no, I know, but I'm just saying. It's also why I'm obsessed with it horror. Ha- it, yeah, yep. 
Yeah. I mean, you know. But you're right, though, because there were things I remember seeing very young and going to bed and thinking, like, could that happen to me? You know, I think like, it's I think it's how we I mean, you think about kids right now and, of course, exposed to all kinds of terrible things, yeah. depending on who you are and who your family is. But, you know, sitting a kid down and having them watch uh, American Horror Story season, whatever. See, you know what I mean? Like yeah. having a four. That would kind that's of a, if, that's a lot. If you were four or five or something. And, and Michael was and I think what's scary about his story, too, is it's all rooted in like family pathology mm -hmm. it's it's that's where i think he is very right. different where his story is all rooted in in family system yeah there's an origin story there yeah. that's about his yeah. messed up family right okay yeah fair i like him and, i like all of them and william shatner's mask was terrifying yes, yes. he also came out in the day yeah, no, yeah. i mean i i think he's scarier than freddy and Kirk. he's halloween the best season yeah so I think many he's scarier reasons. than Freddy Krueger. Oh, he's and... he's the scariest out of those three for sure. Yeah, I think. Of course, I'm a Hellraiser person. Like I'm a well, Hellraiser's in his own category. I know, I know. But Jason and Michael and Freddy, he, I think he's the scariest. That's your. Vote. Some people would say Freddy, but I think Michael's the scariest. It's interesting that they would say Freddy because he's the kitschiest one for me. I know, but maybe that's just what's happened in the last several decades. Yes. But he's certainly scary. They're all scary for their own, in their own right. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's kind of like what scares you too. Right. Um, so the next category for me would be basically your stone cold psychopath, mm -hmm. but it's, it, I think the reason why is, well, there's so many reasons why, and we talk a lot about it on this show with our true crime series, but it's like, are they among us? Mm. It's that feeling of the guy next door. We all sort of know a psychopath. Yeah. Or a sociopath. Mm -hmm. um, we all know one mm -hmm. or more. Sociopaths in particular. Right. We don't all know psychopaths. Yeah. But psychopathic tendencies maybe, depending on what work you do. Yeah. Um, if you're in the financial district or, <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or the entertainment business or whatever, you might know. I don't know. But sociopaths for sure because sociopaths can be nonviolent yeah. and are often in charge of things. Yep. So um, this, this is tough. <laughs> This is the toughest category because this is the thing that we talk about the most. So I'm going to list a few because I have to. So people like uh, Anton from Seven. Oh, Kevin Spacey. So he's, yeah. he's kind of my he up there. He was so terrifying. He's sort that. of my up there top two. I thought about him. Um, uh, the guy from American Psycho. Christian Bale's thank character. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Vern Schillinger from Oz, the TV series yeah. Oz, which is another J.K. Simmons bad yeah. guy. Uh, Boyd Crowder from Justified. Which I don't is know a, that show. I mean, I know a, the show, but I don't know. The yeah, show. which is yeah. a show I've watched a lot of. <laughs> like he's, That's one of my repeat ones. You know how you have the shows that you binge watch mm -hmm. every now and then? Justified is one of mine. Um, so, but what I did end up sort of going with in my head, or, oh, like, um, Little Z from City of God. Do you know that movie? I know the movie, but I've never seen it. There's a kid that just shoots people because he enjoys it, and he, like, laughs and shoots people. And Do you ever see We Need to Talk About Kevin? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, Yes. Kevin. Kevin. Let's, we have, Psych that's a good psychopath. book. I, I, I've actually wanted to talk, like read that book again and talk about it on the show. So maybe we'll do that. Oh, and um, Max Cody, Cat Cody? I think it's Max Cody from Cape Fear. Oh, Max Katie. Katie, thank you. The yeah. original and yeah. the- um, No, that character's terrifying. De Niro one. He was terrifying. But the original was, whoosh. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I would personally probably go with Anton from Seven. Oh my God, he was- he was scary. I that remember he was creepy and scary. I and couldn't get off the couch. I was that. horrified. I was older than four when that came out, but <laughs> I still couldn't. I think I was like 16 or okay. 17 or something, but I just remember not being able to move off the couch. It was horrifying. I actually was probably closer to 18. Anyway, it was, it, it had finished. I was living at home. I was laying on the couch and the credits go backwards and it, mm. like that screeching. Yeah. My mom was sleeping upstairs and I remember going, I, and my dog was laying on me and I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I've got to run up the, I was I was frozen. I was paralyzed with fear when that movie ended. It's a yeah, yeesh, it's a scary one. Um, okay, I'm going to go with 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my own little category of like the modern day. I guess this would sort of go in line with sociopaths. Okay. And um, just sort of the snakes and suits kind of. Sure. Right? Yep. Um, the director's crew from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Right? So the guys who ran the whole operation. So okay. that's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Um, that was Richard, Jenkson, Richard Jenkins, Bradley Whitford. So if, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I've kind of ruined it for you. But um, <laughs> whatever. But it's an old it, one. <laughs> they oversee this large corporation, which they, this high tech corporation, which really gets off on murdering the tropes mm-hmm. of horror films. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, it, it emphasizes the modern day obsession with power, the representation of sort of this new world order of, of needing to be in control and having this much power at the expense of any, everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, they're savvy, successful and outwardly unassuming. So they're terrifying. Yeah. And I, I think you can watch I, knowing that even just the way you've said it. I mean, sure, it could be construed as a spoiler for those of us who have seen it. But I think you could still go on that ride yeah. and enjoy it's a the, great movie. Enjoy if you the haven't hell seen out it. of that movie. It's really good. Yeah. It's certainly one of the best of that year. If not, it's, that it's in my era. like top 10 cult favorite yeah. cult horror movies. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's just an excellent one. Uh, all right. So my next category would be. The like deep desires. So the, this one guy on YouTube called like kind of reflect. I guess some of the people that you've mentioned that were all id is is what we're talking about. So our deepest desires. So now don't misconstrue that as Kathy and I actually desire to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> uh, guy, Leatherface. Sorry. What what I mean by deep desires is that there are characters that are bad guys in movies that are all id, meaning um, the Freudian uh, representation of uh, just going on your instincts and primitive. No impulse control. No impulse control. You're just going towards uh, all of your impulses. And now our most primitive impulses are often sex, violence, et cetera. So um, mine, you know, whereas you said, um, I guess Leatherface, you mentioned a one, oh, Michael Myers. Those mm-hmm. are all sort of, that only Michael's maybe got more psychology. Mine would be um, uh, the guy from Blue Velvet. <gasps> oh God! Now that movie, I wrote papers on that movie. What the hell's the actor's name? In he undergrad, is, he's amazing in that. He's awesome, and we're stupid that we're not knowing his name right this second. But it's, it's Kyle McLaughlin, and it's just a brain fart. I'm going to come up with what's it. her fit. What's uh. It's okay. So God, that movie terrifying. I love anything I David and Lynch. Rosalini is in that. I mean, Isabella I, Rose, that That's who she, yeah. Right. And Dennis Hopper. Dennis. Oh, good. So he's frightening. I, I love Dennis Hopper anyway. I mean, the Hoosiers is one of my all time. He plays a great villain. Favorite though. movies of old, um, of which he's kind of a villain in that, but you know, not in this context. So Blue Velvet, if you don't know, is a David Lynch movie from the 80s, 1986. Um, and it's like a murder mystery, but what what Hopper represents in that movie is definitely um, what you see is a twisted sexual sadist, basically, and he's the bad guy. But I can I sorry I need to make a quick correction. He, yeah, Dennis Hopper is the bad guy in Speed, not oh. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman's the bad guy in the Will Smith one. Yes. Where Will Smith is trying to, and he sees him from the building. I gotcha. When you said that, I was like, wait a minute. I think I mixed that up. Oh, good. Because we I was talked like, about it then. Because I was like, Dennis Hopper's a great villain. I'm like, wait, no, he's the one from Speed when he loses his thumb. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I know exactly he, what you're talking about. He is a really good villain. He's a great villain. And um, I'm glad you corrected that because, cool, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Blue Velvet is a movie that I've been fascinated since I was. Yeah, that's a David, David Lynch is, I was a big Twin Peaks fan, but Blue Me Velvet too. was well before and in some ways way more terrifying. Yeah, Blue Velvet terrified me. With his and, oxygen mask and, and the whole thing. And confused me oh, and scared me, but also fascinated me. Yeah. And then um, I was a huge Twin Peaks fan. Me too. Oh, Obsessed. Massive. I would not uh, go totally to bed again. I was like 14 <laughs> or whatever, 12, I don't know. I was obsessed. And then later when it became like a nerd fest, I was totally geeking out on yeah. it because there was so much psychology in David Lynch stuff. It's so interesting because like how we ended up in, I was 12 years old watching that when it aired live with the commercials and everything. And I got my parents to watch it. 
And I remember at 12 just being obsessed with it. And I don't know anybody else my age at school that was watching David Lynch and completely dissecting Twin Peaks. Like I, I was obsessed with that show oh, when it was on. I was such too. a kid. Oh my God. Huge. It was the music, everything. And I wasn't in psychology then. No. I was, you know, a young person. But you're so just drawn to it. I was not? just, oh my God. And then again, like I said, like in undergrads and stuff, I wrote papers on it mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. I think we have one more. I have two more. Right. So you have your honorable mentions and then. Well, I have two more regular ones and then my honorable mentions. Are you you already done? No. Okay. I have um, my first fear and my favorite, which is Count Dracula. (gasps) And so my two favorite portrayals in film Mm -hmm. are. Gary Oldman, who played Bram Stoker. The oh, movie itself is Gary. whatever, but his performance was the, one of the most terrifying. I think I was about 16. One of the most terrifying. <laughs> and I saw Bram Stoker in the theater again with my brother. Oh, this, um, these brothers. Chris, thank you for introducing yeah. me to all the sadism. He was, <laughs> he was so scary in that with his makeup and all of that. And then the other one, and I think I saw this when I was like seven, mm. was... Um, Jerry Dandridge in in Fright Night, the original played by Chris Sarandon. Mm. Um, and I remember how much he freaked me out as a kid. And those are, those are my two, as far as like nostalgic, fearful vampires would be those two. Vampires is great. I mean, I was, I was kind of, when you were talking, I was thinking of the gentleman and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't <gasps> know if you remember them. Yes. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of was like, I don't know. It came into my head. Buffy yes. the Va- I was a Buffy the Vampire freak as That's well. That's separate from the Hush episode, or are they the same guys? Uh, I think it's the same. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The suits on and they yes. go real quietly They're through called the, the gentlemen. They, that episode freaked me out. It's the scariest episode of Buffy, because of yeah. course it can be very tongue-in-cheek, but that No, episode, that episode, I was like, whoa, they just... They a whole other game. caliber that yeah. episode. Yeah, that's yeah. Hush. Very famous episode of Buffy. Yeah. The gentleman. The gentleman. If you haven't seen it, watch it it's good even you don't even need to watch the whole series to, nah to i'm get sure it. it's on the internet i mean you know it's dated yeah. whatever but it's uh it's, it's, it's joss whedon it's creepy all right so this is my last one and then you'll do your last yep. one and then your honorable mention yeah all right so my the last category would be uh madness so ah people who have gone mad so the joker could be in this category yeah. but i already i already put him in a in the foil category but People who we feel for and we see where it's coming from and we understand they may start as seemingly average people in the movie, but they seem off, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. So um, I have, ah, there was three. It was hard. There was three. So uh, um, Kathy Bates and Misery. Mm Mm-hmm. And Norman Bates from mm-hmm. Psycho. And then I think my winner would be um, Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jack Torres. Uh, again, would again. It, it would have been odd would have been if strange. he wouldn't have been on your list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, that's a good one. Although I really like Dexter, too. Yeah. From this, I mean, I was a All I'm, of those I'm kind Dexter of fan. unassuming at the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a person that you... So the thing I like about this category is that you struggle to hate them or see them as a villain. So it's like that a little bit of an anti-hero. Yeah. Not so much the misery lady because she gets yeah. pretty creepy pretty fast. Although she, you kind of feel like she's pathetic. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You you sort of go, oh God, yeah. you're so, you're, you're so messed up, but yeah. you're so sick. And yeah. oh, especially being in the shrink world, you're like, oh yeah, she needs help. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Jack Torrance from The Shining, of course, is that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Dexter, of course. Good. All right. So that's my list. My last one is um, the shark from Jaws. Oh, nice. That that could be like with my alien. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what's so cool about this is Spielberg did not intend to only show him at the end, but mm-hmm. the damn shark broke down so many times <laughs> that it ended up being a mistake, but it ended up working. Yeah, the stories from that movie are pretty great. Yeah, so, he, you know, he named, you know this, I know, but he named the shark Bruce after his attorney. He hated attorneys, and he <laughs> named the shark because the damn thing kept breaking down. <laughs> so some of the things that come up about why Jaws is so scary um, is, first of all, the mere idea of this great white is terrifying, but mm-hmm. I think if you see it when you're young, 
it's even more impacting. So you go to the beach and you just imagine that this is going to happen. And I did see it when I was young, shocker. <laughs> um, the music is great. And then the amount of times they do these fake outs. So the amount of times you're waiting and it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. right? That someone's going to get eaten. The music. The music. And then there really are no big special effects. And you have to wait till the end. to. So there's a lot of buildup, but then it, it uh, holds itself. It's not a disappointment. Yeah, it pays off mm-hmm. for sure. So I, I, I loved jaw. I mean, you know, not love in the love sense, but yeah, it scared the crap out of me when I was. It's a kid. scary. It's still scary. I think so. My my two honorable mentions. You mentioned we mentioned one earlier is Hannibal Lecter from okay. Sounds and Lambs, and then the other one would be the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I thought yeah. about her at one point. She's pretty awful, and she scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, so that's one that didn't scare me. So maybe that's why I didn't. Yeah, Put she it on scared. There. She scared me quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I the green understand. face. She was. <laughs> she was pretty scary. It's interesting, right? The things that scare yeah. us and why, and the references that we have to them, and I. W- that's what I was just about. The to emotions we have ask. around the memories. Yeah, it was like from doing this task, like us looking up and looking into it. Like from doing that, did you glean anything about? I don't know yourself or like how you picked or because there's a lot of people to pick. So it's like, who I we think pick for, is- for me, I picked mostly on the emotions I remember experiencing. Mm-hmm. So like when I picked those two Draculas, like I remember when I saw the original Fright Night and I remember how scary Chris Sarandon was. And I'll still watch that movie and still be able to take myself. But clearly it's not as scary now. But it still freaks me out because I can take myself back to being a kid and seeing it for the first time. So I think a lot of what I, how I chose mine were the the nostalgia, the emotional experiences Mm -hmm. of how I felt when I watched those characters on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we both had, uh, we had a balance, but I know for me, the balance was, yes, there were obviously some home runs that I've talked about before Mm -hmm. and are part of kind of my history. And so they're more about who I was in the moment that I watched it as opposed to now. Although, you know, a lot of them hold up, but I'm not viscerally scared. Right. Like it's not in my body scared. Like you're talking about being frozen on the couch. Like that isn't the feeling when I watch them anymore. But, um, I also, one of the things that I figured out was when we were talking about doing this episode, it was like real or imagined, Mm-hmm. You know, and you had Gacy and different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- I really thought that I was going to put, you know, Manson and Ripper and the ones that I, Kuklinski, like the ones that I've um, read about before, like in my top 10, I wanted to give them an honorable mentions because they are people I've read a lot about and have been um, very curious about in the past and now. But what I, what happened for me is it was very difficult for me to put real people on there. I think, and if you, I get that. And I think the, the two reels I had were historical, like really old. And I think that to me, they're almost fictional because Mm -hmm. they're clearly not. I mean, Jack the Ripper, there's some folklore and I think that's what's intriguing. But H.H. Holmes, when I look back at that is to me, it's more the fascination around what the, first of all, the types of devices and stuff that they would use at that time. It was so primitive, almost like Spanish Inquisition style. Mm-hmm. And it feels so historical to me that I think I'm so what very like detached. Removed. Yeah. Removed. Yeah. yeah. Versus like a Ted Bundy would not be on my list. A Jeffrey Dahmer would certainly not be on my list. Well, Cause we were kind of looking at it from a favorites kind of yeah. point of view. I think like it's our the, favorite villains. I'm like, I can't put Charlie Manson as a favorite. No, like, I, a I think the two, the, the two real people that I have on there is because that has the history historical part of it is so intriguing to me. Well, and I understand it. Yeah. It's, we're, I think it makes a lot of sense to say like, we're so removed from something that right. happened a couple hundred like years ago. Like I would ago. never, but I also would never put Hitler on there no. because I feel like that's, that's no. not, um, there's nothing about that. I want it one sensationalized, not that I'm a sensationalizing HH Holmes, but also again, it's, I'm, I don't feel as removed from that no. as I would from something in 1888. Absolutely, because there's a lot of real life villains in our world right now, and mm-hmm. in our world of the last, you know, fifty or sixty years, right. that that I wouldn't, or seventy, I guess now, but like that I wouldn't even really be. Able, yeah, the last hundred years probably yeah. it would be a stretch for me to. Yeah, because Hitler would have been forties. Yeah, so I can't, I can't even do it now. Still, right. Um, it's just interesting. It, it, um, 
it, it's amazing. Like when we think of memory and we think of fear and we think of just like uh, so much of, and we, we've talked about this before when we talk about trauma, how, how we learn to label the emotions around the experience and how that can help people heal. And so when we use it in, in therapy, but it also really explains, I think how our memory and, and what we're taken back to. And I know that a lot of that was happening when I made the Absolutely. list. I, I was, I was thrown because I could easily do lists from like this past year oh yeah or the last two years because i was thinking of um the 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 mirror people in us you know like there's been a lot of i think they just wouldn't be as nostalgic for me so they would be a list but i don't think i'd be as oh my god maybe 10 years from now i might be maybe that's what it is is it's like we could do a list of the you know, of 2010 on probably yeah. and get some good ones. Mm-hmm. Or we could do a list of the aughts, you know, the 2000s yeah. um, and maybe get, or the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. Like I can think, I can imagine doing like decade lists yeah. because, because then you can group them and yeah. Yeah. It was hard to pick. Mm-hmm. It was hard to pick, you know, 10-ish out of a million. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our list. What's going to happen now is we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and do our what the hell segment. So we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Shannon and Kathy. We're going to do our what the hell segment, which is a segment where we each go away and find a true crime news story that we do not research. We bring it to the show and it makes us say, what the hell? Or just giggle, something like that. Um, Kathy, can you go first? I'd love to. Right on. Because this is about a donut eating champ. Fantastic. Yeah. Who robbed a donut store. Well, that's in line. That's congruent. It, I don't know if it was <laughs> intentional. So he, I mean, clearly it was intentional, but mm. um, Okay. North Carolina, yeah. 27 years old, arrested. This is a few years back. He was arrested after he won the donut eating contest at the Elizabeth City Police Department's National Night Out Against Crime event, hmm. helping officers who had been seeking him in connection with two felony burglaries track him down. So he's, so let me clarify. Yeah. He goes to this donut eating contest. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, he's already, it sounds like, a, wanted for two felony burglaries. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So there's a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, and so that this helps these guys link him to the fact that he was charged with robbing a donut shop. I don't know if it was before or after, but he became a champ by eating eight glazed donuts in under two minutes. Then he's been charged with offenses, including felony breaking and entering and felony safe cracking in connection with a burglary at a Dunkin Donuts in November. This guy's clearly obsessed. So he's on probation, not probation. He's got a warrant out for his arrest for robbing a donut shop. Right. After winning a contest. He enters a contest and to like a donut eating contest. Yeah. And he he wins. wins. And that tips them. Can we just focus on this for a second? Yeah. He ate eight glazed donuts in under two <laughs> so minutes. So that was where I got stopped. Was I was like, okay, first of all, it depends on the size of the donuts and how hard is that. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I loved. I, can't do I it, loved but. glazed donuts, but two minutes, eight. Like if they're Krispy Kremes, those are pretty small. I might be able to do like three. I'm just saying, I don't know. Oh. I could. I mean, eight is a lot. I like. I couldn't do eight. This, the whole thing is just weird. I could probably do four. Yeah, but that's where I get stopped up. See, this is what happens. It's like the most ludicrous story, and then we start to obsess on right. if we could do the donut challenge. Correct. <laughs> Fair. <clears throat> that's an idiot. Okay. Uh, I oh gosh, there's a couple that I wanted to do, but um, I will save this other one for next week. So, this one is um. <laughs> it's canada so we're in canada i think you were in canada last time were we Ugh, you were i, I think I, yeah fantastic i never remember i try to just go with now for this stuff i have like one of those weird steel trap memories i'll remember like the most random thing <laughs> cool um i was thinking about putting all the what the hell segments on our patreon page at some point and making just like oh, this be funny. epically long what the hell 
kind of thing. So I'll have to listen to them again soon to put oh that together. God. All right. So you've got a victim. A victim's jewelry is missing. And her electronics are gone. And the window is smashed. So no wonder she's hysterical when Officer Marie of the... Oh, wow. I'm French. I'm Marianne and Marie. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) of the Calgary police arrive. So the police arrive. Hysterical woman. Her shit's missing. Then her French-speaking father calls in the middle, like on her cell phone in the middle of the interrogation. And so speaking in French, she explains to her father that it's a scam and not to worry that she's in it for the insurance money. What she didn't expect was that the officer speaks six languages, including French. Oh. Oh, whoops. (laughs) Oops. It's kind of like sometimes when I get into elevators and people are speaking another language and I think to myself, it'd be so cool if I knew their language and could just be like, you are so talking about me. But this was one of those situations where (laughs) the name of the article is Parlez-vous Idiot, which is is, are you an idiot (laughs) or uh, you you speak idiot or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know French, but. Oh, man. (sighs) You have a bunch of idiots out there. Right? Yeah. So that is our What the Hell segment. We we thank you very much for listening. Um, and please turn in for our Shrink Chat show on Friday. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.